Hey everyone, welcome to episode 128, can't believe it, a 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Last week we came into the midweek with the sights and sounds and smells of the 2018 FHC Barn Party and as much fun and rewarding as it is to invite our community into our church, this week the feels and excitement is from going out into our community for the annual Meet, Worship, Serve. Two completely opposite events that happen yearly, but two of the most fun and most rewarding things we do together as a church community. So great job to everyone at the Hospital Church for your commitment to not only making this happen every year and filling all those positions that need to be filled and engaging our community with the love of Christ and putting it into action. Over 300 people out. Was it that much Mm -hmm. this year? 300? Yeah. Wow. Engaged in some of the activity. We had a couple of things here they could do at, on in-house. Oh, right, right. But, but um, yeah. S- still, those projects are things that are going sure. to be leaving here going out into exactly. the community. So there yeah. you go. All right. So last week we began, no, we continued our Give to Thanks to the Lord series, and we decided that you are never more righteously qualified to spend eternity with the holy, righteous God of the universe than you are the day you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't improve on the absolute perfect righteousness of God, our Savior, imputed to you in Jesus Christ. If you missed that episode, I would highly encourage you not to continue that trend and go back and watch the message and listen to the podcast episode because both were exceptional. And I can say that because it's true, (laughs) absolutely true. You can, if you're an Apple podcast, you can just swipe up and you'll find everything you need to get back to that episode there or hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. Also, the links to everything there will be found. All right. This week was part two, Three. three. Give thanks to the Lord, God's never ending love. As previously mentioned in our opening, this past Sabbath meet, worship, serve activities were all about service, which we all know the root of that is grown and fostered in love. And it seems like I've heard at the hospital church, perhaps many times, <laughs> something about loving people into a lifelong friendship with God, something like over that. Over and over. Over and over. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. And after a brief recap, you kind of started out working through weeks one and two just to make sure we yeah. were solid in those. And then, Andy, you said, today we have been engaged in serving, engaged in loving our community, engaged in fulfilling our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. I knew it. (laughs) And as we think about living lives that are consistently loving people, I don't know about you, but I recognize that while God's love endures forever, ours might be a bit less enduring. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And the, you know, the ending here elicited a few chuckles, mine included, of course, Because we all know this to be more than true, but the scary part is that if we leave it there, if we choose to just kind of allow that to pass us by and we go back to self-loathing and allow that to be our cornerstone, we can never truly embrace God's never-ending love for us, and then we certainly can't serve others in the way that God has called us to. Do you think we take this idea, this something as trivial as love and never-ending love, do we take this like the Christian weak sauce? We make it a little too light of it? Boy, okay. If we may, that may happen, okay. but it certainly is not appropriate. I mean, if you think about the cross is the penultimate, you know, yeah. act of love, that's certainly not light fluff. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty serious stuff. And I think the condescension of God, we're fixing to go into Christmas season, about the incarnation. And I mean, here's God coming to become human. If you read Philippians 2, you know, he's equal to God, but he doesn't hold on to that. He comes and that's just the way love behaves. And so Hmm. I think when we call people to love, 
if you have a mindset that love means some sentimental slush, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll love, all right, all right, I love you too, cards. <laughs> um, but if you think about love being willing to lay down your life for another, you're willing to sacrifice your agenda, your plans, your program because of care for another. Boy, people may want to say it's light. I think it's pretty deep theology. It's funny that you answered it that way because my next question was, how do pastors view this? With a background in biblical knowledge and studies, is it easier for someone who has made this their lifelong profession to understand? And then if so, what advice does that pastor give on a one-to-one basis to someone whose life journey has not shown this to be evident, but rather exactly the opposite? I think a lot of my fellow pastors across the Christianity sometimes tend to get weighed down in the theology language and Hmm. the big concepts of God and the universe and hermeneutics and how do you feel like you're out eschatology and, you know, all these kind of things. Some people sometimes will come to me and they'll say, I want to get involved in deep Bible study. I want to get some deep Bible study. Yeah. Well, I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? I've heard and, that before. And they'll say, well, I, like, we need to dig into, and they'll usually, they're usually talking about eschatology, last day events, kind of let's dig into the, what do these symbols all mean and stuff. I said, that's great. I said, but the deepest Bible study is to say, what does this text mean? Mm-hmm. And how does it apply to me and make me live differently? And then go live differently. And I think love is very much the same way. We can talk about the concept, but really, in essence, love is readiness to serve. It's a willingness to be ready to serve another person. That's the evidence of love. And we only can do that because God first loves us. Yeah. So I think pastors were wise. We'll keep that understanding that God loves us, not so we can consume his love and just get bad <laughs> on it. <laughs> he loves us so that we might be motivated to go and love and serve others. I like that. So really, this comes back to, if your view is not that, maybe it's worth taking that deep Bible study dive into figuring out, how can I look at this different? How can I train my mind to understand that this is the way it is and not what I've I've thought it's been? Well, well, if God defines himself as love, which he does in, in Scripture, that concept of love is actually found in every world religion. Um, yeah, the, this this love concept maybe you explained a little different, thought about it a little differently, but there's there, and so God is really, I mean, He created humanity because He wanted to have more people to love and to be able to enjoy this relationship with. So it's it's really foundational. At this point in the message, we were talking about how we care for people with addictions, and oh how, yeah, and even the preoccupation with how we care for people with addictions. And how we can obsess over these extremely difficult circumstances can be too much to handle. And our same addiction to sin is really no different in that battle over our own inadequacies, whether it's addiction or whether it's love. You caught that. I'm so glad. (laughs) I did. I did. But it can just simply feed that devil's narrative that you talked about, that we aren't lovable by God. So what's the point? Yeah. And to move our minds away from... Some, I think a lot of people think about when God thinks about us, he frowns <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or moans. <laughs> uh, and I really believe that just like a, a parent over their child, even the child that disappoints them, in their moments of really just thinking about their child, a smile breaks upon their face. Their heart's bursting with love for that kid, even if the kid's done all kinds of things that were disappointing. Yeah, and actually, have you seen, you've read the book yeah, that you, no, that you no, talked actually, about? Actually, I was, the, saw the movie. 
Okay. And, and then reference the book, look at the book a lot. Yeah. Okay. Because that's on my list of things to see because it looked really yeah. good. It's, it's a very challenging film, but one that, especially families with addiction issues, which is like every family in America, <laughs> uh, somebody in the family, really, it really gives you an insight into not giving up on people. Mm-hmm. And also the pain involved in that, in that journey. Uh, I read an interview about the boy, um, Nick, right. where, where he talks about he, when he first got the book from his dad, that was a story about his, you know, his father's journey through this thing. He could only read a couple pages at a time. And he'd break down in tears. He had no idea oh, wow. the, of the pain that he had caused the family. He saw himself trapped in this addiction and this was a, a bad life, but it was his choice and it's just him. And without thinking about the consequences to everybody around him that are connected to him. Wow, that's deep all in its own. Yeah. We had a, a coworker who lost someone, a, a pastor here, mm-hmm. yeah. this past week. Horrible. And who was a, a very close friend of his. and He was in our offices last week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that as you were preaching this past week because I thought, man, here's a person who left behind a, a, oh. a video note, but totally just, I don't think... And I, I know you're not thinking clearly in, in that no. case. And there's there's medications involved for people that sure. have you know depression. And do you do you or don't you? You life isn't good seemingly in either way. And it's just like you feel the the pain that they're just like I want to go a day without feeling this horrible darkness sure. in my body. And it doesn't matter if I'm on medication no. or if I'm not. And you hear that from so many people. And then you think maybe they really don't understand, just like Nick in the story. Like they really don't understand what they're putting everyone else through. Not that they can do anything about it. Sometimes, also also the love that people have for them may not be expressed, Expressed may not be shared, and they may not be aware. I I think it goes to reminding all of us to be more expressive and encouraging and speak good words into people's lives as much as possible. Well, this was the point where. I mean, I found that to be extremely relevant and refreshing myself because seeing myself in that narrative, you know, we all have to some degree. We've all seen ourselves in that narrative, whether it be addiction issues or sin issues or relationship issues. And this is where, you know, we were going to have Chrissy on today and then she was unable to make it. So this next section was really something I was kind of pointing towards her because she's so involved with people that we find that are on the fringes sure. and, that, and that are needing this outreach that we're trying to provide things like meet, worship, serve from outside in. She's every day here, part of our justice ministries. Mm -hmm. My question is, when we see people like that, how do we see that unlovable narrative play out in the people that we serve? Should it, does it make us more empathetic and does it drive us harder to say, man, there's a big need and we we need to fill it? Yeah. Interestingly enough, for Meet, Worship, Serve this year, we had a seminar also on third floor called with uh, helping without hurting. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was very fascinating. Christy and I both attended that because of what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> help us help people really help them. And it's really fascinating how how you define the problem depends on how you have to find the solution. Okay. So if you define poverty as not having things, the answer to the poverty is to give them some things. Things, yeah. Whether that's money or possessions or furniture, you know, whatever it is. If you define homelessness as just being within, out of place to live or a place of you really have regularly to live, uh, then you find out you're we're trying to do the other. But, but, but the problems are much more complex and they're deeper. And really, they've done a lot of great research. And these people that are on the fringes, oftentimes we think we're sort of superior to them. Like, we, oh, 
we have the answer for you. you. And really, Why didn't you just ask us? Yeah, <laughs> and really to explore with them, how has God gifted you? Hmm. What resources do you have in your bucket that could help solve the problem you're in? Um, I like that. How can you contribute to this thing? And it really changes the thing. Uh, he, there's some great stories. I don't have time to tell those, but just some really interesting insights into how all of a sudden when you recognize how you're gifted, you sort of sit up straighter and you want to contribute and you become a player in the game versus just sure. a recipient of some kind of handout program. Nobody wants to do that. Other than Christmas yeah. or a special <laughs> occasion, nobody really wants to be given anything. People <laughs> want to know that there's something that they're, there's a part that they're playing. Mm-hmm. There's a need for what they have or what they can give. Right. So partnering as yeah. opposed as opposed to thinking we come in with the answers. Um, oh. And we're thinking, think there's a book called Toxic Charity. Um, I've heard of that. Yeah. And uh, these books help you begin to think about helping people in a way that really helps as opposed to just because we think we're helping. It may not be the role that's needed. Well, and how I was going to kind of end this with Chrissy was she's really on the front line. She is connected more than anyone I know personally in the Orlando area that if there's a need that you have a gift that you realize (laughs) that, hey, I I could be a part of partnering with someone then contact Chrissy. Yeah, she can hook you up to somebody. And she can hook you up to someone, some organization, or even just help her. I know a lot of times she just needs some help sure. to take some things off of her plate, which would make her life a mm-hmm. lot better. Chrissia, K-R-I-Z-I-A at hospitalchurch.org. And just say, I heard about it on the podcast. I'll Randy help, and Andy I'll said, <laughs> uh, if I wanted to help, you'd help me help. help. <laughs> so she'll let you help. So loving others sounds like a super awesome idea that we should all do and without reservation. but what's the one thing you would encourage someone who's just kind of like, all right, I want to be a better lover of someone because oh. I have a hard time with people that I don't really like. This is whatever. so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew you had it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serving up the softball yeah, there. You just teed my ball up. That's it. Um, they've done great studies and the human psyche cannot tell emotively the difference between being listened to and love. Really? Yeah. And so mm. really just ask questions and listen to the answers. And engage with people. You think about coming to church and a little kid in the lobby walking through. If you get down to their level and ask them some questions and really get them to engage with you, my, it's a great opener. And they feel like you love them just because you're listening to them. And so with our senior citizens and our our, our oldest and our youngest populations really need some people to listen to them. And then us in the middle all feel better when we're listened to as well. All right. Now, husbands, yeah, now husbands. <laughs> there's a little, there's a little freebie for you right there. That uh, you, at least act like you're listening. <laughs> that's right. No, no charge on that one at all. And I bet after a week or two, your life will be better. It will be. All right. For the second week in a row, we are doubling down on our FHC takeaways. Starting with, how can you come to believe, not just intellectually but experientially, that the father's love reflects the father's character, not? the children's behavior. Oh, that's that's good. Oh, that's gold. <laughs> and when you follow that with, what would it change in your life if you really believed it? Not that, yeah. maybe, sounds like a good platitude, but if you really believe that the Father's character, who he is at the very heart and soul of it, is his love, right. not what you do. Right. If you could put yeah. that all together. It's really important. I think it's important for our kids as fathers and mothers in our world today to make sure we let them know that I love you and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. That's it. You can't make me love you more. You can't make me love you less. I just love you. And kids having that confidence that mom and dad 
really love them as a big, powerful enabling tool. I think that's true because for many, or dare I say most, this was not the Christianity of your father, (laughs) or at least not your earthly father. Many of us grew up with little reassurance that either father's love was not conditional (laughs) upon our behavior. Of course, this was a time of spare the rod, spoil the child, and timeouts and talking tos hadn't been yet implemented. This isn't a child-rearing soapbox or blame for parents, but rather an honest look back to see how our view of God could have very well been skewed And not really on purpose. It was just a byproduct. Sure. If we're truly to understand and then live our lives with this truth guiding our character, then we must understand as a place to begin making this our truth, that it's not our behavior. It is the character of God. And that's that's just something we can hold on to. We're doubling down on our final thoughts, along with the FHE takeaways from Andy's message, where it bears repeating a thousand times over. He said the father's love reflects the father's character, not the children's behavior. Responsible behavior does not increase the father's love, nor does irresponsible behavior decrease it. His love is significant and constant, and it endures until the end of next week. So get it while it's here. No, it endures forever. Forever. So there may be no better way to enter this week and every week with this realization firmly planted in your heart and mind. Please share this with someone that you are thankful for this week. We're all going to go around the table and we're <laughs> going to say what and who we're thankful for. Make sure that they know this truth and that they're being able to live it as well. And if they don't or they don't believe it, they don't understand it, it's never too early for a New Year's resolution in November to show them until they do, to love them into a lifelong friendship with God. Oh, well, that's, that has a nice ring. Wouldn't I know? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? All right. Upcoming this week is week four of give thanks to the Lord, and I believe the final week? Yep. Right? For and salvation. God's salvation. Yeah. Well, that's going to be Mr. Good. Gregory Creek, our well, youth right. pastor, will be speaking. I'll be here. I have a baptism at second service. I have a baby dedication at first service. And All right. So a big day. Man, it's been a long time yeah. since Greg's been he on the podcast. He was on sabbatical. He's, you know, he and Jeff have been sabbaticaling so a Sabbaticaling lot. a lot, yeah. So when, when's Andy's next sabbatical? Yeah, sometime in 19. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. And Chrissia, have no fear. We survived, although it would have been wonderful to have you as always. It might have and, been more intelligent. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Probably is the better word. But thank you to always to Andy and Tom. And do join us again next Wednesday for episode 129. Thanks for listening and have a happy Thanksgiving.